Well, good morning, everyone. Merry Christmas. We still say that, right, today, right? You know, over the uh, Christmas and New Year's, uh, we've been in a three-week series entitled uh, A Weary World Rejoices. And uh, here we are celebrating the day after Christmas, and I imagine there's some weariness a little bit, right? Maybe a, maybe a tad. I'm not sure how your, your week has gone, but uh, you, know, you can get weary just driving around this community, right? I always talk about that for some reason. I don't know why, but uh, Sue and I, we, uh, this past week, we had this strategic plan, and uh, our plan was, let's go shopping at a strategic time when everybody else should be at work. And so we, uh, we went out Monday afternoon. We're thinking, nobody's going to be out Monday afternoon. And uh, now we can choose between a few different places to go shopping. Usually it centers around where there's a, where there's a Costco. We are Costco people now, sadly to say. Uh, I know it's bad. And, um, and so uh, we can go up to the mall area, and uh, we can, uh, there in Lake Orion, and we can go, you know, and we can hit up, you know, Costco, Walmart, you know, we can hit up, you know, Aldi's and Target and all that kind of stuff. So, but that's insane to go up there, right? No one wants to go up to that area. And so we have two other options, either, uh, and that's a little farther for us. And so we have two other options. So we might go, uh, we can either go to Bloomfield Hills, right, and hit up the Cox, go there, and the Target, and catch Myers on the way back. Or we can go to Commerce and head down there. And, and so in our insanity, we chose Commerce. And so we pull out, we're heading down towards Commerce, and we hit Union Lake Road, and it is bumper to bumper. It is a nightmare. We're going like two miles an hour, and I'm thinking, oh no. And have you ever been in that place where you just kind of like trapped? You're trapped in traffic. There's no getting out. You got to go ahead with the plan. So we head on down. We're just going slowly, slowly, slowly. Finally, we make it to Costco. We get to Costco. And of course, you know, Costco is crazy, isn't it? And I'm thinking, where are all these people? Why are all these people here on Monday afternoon? And if you're in Costco, you got to watch out because if you don't go fast enough, you're going to get run over, right? Been there? And, you know, you got to dash out in the sideline. And it's like, oh, no. And finally, we, we make it out of Costco. And my wife says, hey, I want to get just this one Christmas gift from Target. And we walk into Target. And, it, and we drive around and walk into Target. And it's like, oh, no, Sue, look. They got everybody in one line. It's 100 feet long checking out. I'm thinking, no way. What do we got to get here? Oh, we just got to get this little plate, thing, you know, and, it's, and when do we need this? Oh, in January. Okay, we're not staying. <laughs> and we walk out. So then we head down to Myers, and so we get to Myers, and, and, uh, and there they got lines every, and they don't have one line, thank goodness, but we get this one. She wants to get some curtains, you know, and say, oh, you know, and it's like, oh, no, here we are. And, and we sneak in, and finally, man, we get out of Myers, and I said, dear, can we just go home? Please, can we just go home? She says, okay, let's go home. And so we jump out in the car and we get out onto Haggerty, and it's what? Bumper to bumper. <laughs> oh, it is wearisome sometimes driving around in this area. You know, there are, there are times when um, 
when just everyday life, everyday life can become wearisome. And then you add it to it here during this season we've been in, you add to it this aspect of Christmas celebrations, and then uh, there's the ongoing uh, pandemic, COVID pandemic going on, and it's and then there was the Oxford shooting that was just tragic. Um, there's the inability of our government to uh, work together. And then, you know, I've been thinking a lot about parents. Parents and um, raising kids in this culture and the environments and things that are going on. Then you add to that growing inflation, unrest in our cities, and the list goes on and on. Man, are you kind of weary? Are you, are you feeling it? It becomes kind of wearisome. You know, when we think about the weariness uh, we are experiencing because of what's going on in our world at large, and then you add to that the weariness of what's going on maybe in our personal life, and I don't know what you may have experienced this past week or even what's been going on in your life this, this past year, but you add that into life and and, 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 and there, life becomes weary, but here's the thing I want to I encourage you. We need to remember that the world Jesus entered into was a world that was loaded down with some of those same things. He entered a world uh, uh, with political strife, economic uncertainty, chaotic rulership going on, an oppressive government, high taxes, and, and an environment that would take advantage of the weak. Boy, that sounds very familiar, doesn't it? And so Jesus, he enters this weary world, and yet, despite of it all, his birth gave an opportunity for rejoicing to all who received it. As we saw last week, we have reason to celebrate. We have reason to celebrate, even in the difficult times, because of Jesus. So now, as we kind of reflect and as we live in this wearied world, you know, uh, 2020 rolled right into 2021. Can you tell the two apart? I, I have a really hard time doing that. It's like, when, when did that really happen? Well, you know, we, um, and then, and now, 2022 doesn't look much better. <laughs> Sorry to say. There's some, some difficult things that I think that are going to be ahead of us. But here's the truth I want you to grab a hold of today, all right? The truth I desire that you would take from our time this morning, and that is this. We have reason to rejoice because of the confidence we have in who Jesus is. That very song that Emma and the worship team sang, Emmanuel. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And today I want us to look at the book of Matthew. And so I invite you to open up your copy of the, of the Word of God to Matthew uh, chapter 1. We're going to be looking at chapter 1, the end part of chapter 1 and, and chapter 2. And as we look at Matthew's accounting of Jesus Christ's birth and eventual escape to Egypt, I want to I draw your attention to the prophecies that he shows were fulfilled in Jesus' birth. Scholars say that 
there are over 300 prophecies from the Old Testament that Jesus Christ fulfills in his birth, in his life, in his death, and his resurrection. And Matthew in his gospel refers here to 12, if you look through the entire gospel. And today we're just going to look at a few of them that relate in regards to his, his birth. And, and here's, why, here's why I want, you, uh, want, want us to look at, at, at some of these here this morning. And here's the thing. When life becomes weary, often it causes you to doubt, right? It causes you to doubt whether God is at work in your life or is at work in the world around us. And it can cause you to doubt if, if there's even a, a God, a true and living God who can be trusted. And the fact, here's the thing, the fact that Jesus fulfills so many prophecies can strengthen our confidence, help us in our walk of faith in him because of who he is, Emmanuel, God with us, who was told of in the past that would come to be the Savior of the world. So now let's, let's look at the first prophecy. And uh, the first prophecy I want to look at is in Matthew chapter 1. And we're going to start with verse 18. And it is the virgin birth. Let me just read the, read the text here with you. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from our sins. And then I want to draw your attention here to verse 22. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God's with us. And, and then what we have here now, here in Matthew, accounting of Jesus' birth, is him citing uh, uh, the prophecy from Isaiah 7.14, made more than, get this, 700 years earlier and it is fulfilled, he's saying, this is fulfilled now in Jesus' birth. And what is important, here's the thing, what's important to understand is that the virgin birth, it isn't just a, a neat, interesting, you know, bit of information. Oh, that's kind of interesting there. That makes, you know, kind of shows that Jesus is special. No, but it was fulfillment. Here's the thing, you've, you've got to grab a hold. It was fulfillment of prophecy. And the proof of his identity as the Son of God. The virgin birth signals Jesus' true humanity and divinity, but without, but without inherited sin. Because he wasn't born, here's the thing, he wasn't born of two sinful humans. He was born of Mary through the Holy Spirit. And so the virgin birth, it, it's crucial 
so, so crucial. It's crucial. One, it points to his divinity, that he is God. It also points to the one person who is both fully divine and fully human, which then points to how the sacrifice of a human on the cross could pay the price for the sin of you and me and all of humanity. Here's the thing. The fact, the fact that Jesus fulfills this 700-year-old prophecy gives us confidence that we have truly been forgiven of our sins. He was both God and man, capable of paying that debt. And here's the thing. You can be confident in your faith in Jesus because he is fully God and fully human, the person able to pay the debt of the debt of the sin of the world. It gives us hope. It gives us hope for each day. Now let's look at a second and third prophecy that's fulfilled. And it's, it's fulfilled in, in the city of Bethlehem. Look now at chapter 2. And we're going to look at verses 1 through 6. It says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, there in the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw a star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. He was the king. And all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the, chief, uh, all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them, where is the Christ is to be born? And this is, again, I want to draw your attention here to verse 5. And they replied, in Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what the prophet, uh, this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, and the land of Judea, Ju- Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people, Israel. And again, here we have Matthew uh, in his accounting uh, of Jesus' birth reveal that prophecy has been fulfilled. And so we see in this encounter of the, of the Magi and, and have with King Herod, referring to a prophecy that's in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, that, that a ruler, a shepherd of the people of Israel would come out of Bethlehem. And so in this prophecy, again, that's written 700 years before Jesus' birth by another person, it points to the city, the very place where Jesus is to be born. And, and these magi... They, they come, and, and, and they come directed by a star that God put in, in the sky, and they were astonished. And they were astonished first at the fulfillment of the prophecy, and, but also the guidance of the star to who they believed to be a coming king. They came to worship the king of the Jews. And what we know from, from the rest of the Bible is that not only was Jesus to come to be king of the Jews, but that Jesus would be what? King of kings, right? And Lord of lords. And when John writes in, in, uh, uh, of Jesus in Revelations 17 and 19 that Jesus is 
king of kings and lord of lords. It means that in the end, all other rulers would be conquered or abolished, and he alone would reign supreme as king and lord of all the earth. And so this prophecy that's fulfilled in Jesus, we have, we have a reminder why Jesus came. It begins to set the stage for why he's coming, not only to be the savior of the world and the king of the Jews, but also the king and lord of our life. Now, sadly, um, this is what led to the city of Bethlehem not only being the fulfillment of prophecy as the place of Jesus' birth, but also a place of great sorrow. Herod being threatened by a, another king uh, possibly coming to power, I believe is led by Satan to kill every male child in Bethlehem at that time who was two years old or younger. And so we read, in, again, in, in Matthew 2, verse 17 and 18, he says, Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. See, Herod, he had it in mind to put to stop the one who could become king of the Jews. But Satan, he had it in mind to try to stop the plan of God. To establish his son as king of kings and lord of lords for all of eternity. But God would not allow that. And so we can be confident. We can be confident. In our faith, we can be confident in what we walk in, in understanding the, of, of the gospel and our faith in Jesus. Because our Savior is what? He is King of kings, right? And Lord of lords of all mankind. And there's one more prophecy I, I, I like us to look at this morning. And that is the prophecy, and it's tied to this phrase, out of Egypt. Look again now, Matthew chapter 2, and we're going to go back up to verse 13. And it says there, when they had gone, that being the wise men, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. said, get up, he said, take the child and the mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet. Out of Egypt I called my son. Now, in this prophecy being fulfilled, we see, we see uh, God speak to Joseph through another dream, telling him to escape to Egypt so as to avoid Herod's plan to put Jesus to death. But here's the thing. The first thing we notice about the fulfillment of this prophecy is the angel's instructions to Joseph and his immediate obedience. He, he gets up and he goes. And he goes to Egypt 
And it, here's the thing. It points to Hosea 11.1, 1, which says this. When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. Now, it's important to understand something about this, this particular prophecy that's different from, from the others. Um, um, how, to, to understand how Matthew is using Hosea's prophecy in relation to what happens with, with Jesus being protected from Herod by escaping to Egypt. Often, we, uh, we understand Bible prophecy as, as the prediction of an event, and then that event taking place. And that certainly um, is the case in, in most situations when you look at prophecy within in Scripture. But there's another aspect of prophecy where New Testament writers, like Matthew and John, show an Old Testament prophecy can sometimes simply be an event that foreshadows or looks forward to something similar and more significant that would happen in the future. Rather than simply make a prediction about a future event, sometimes the Bible prophecy records an event that points to a similar but much later event. So in this case, what we have is that Matthew quotes, out of Egypt I call my son. And what he's saying is that the exodus of Israel from Egypt is the earlier event that foreshadows or points to the later event that would be more significant, that being the exodus of Jesus. And as we would read on in chapter 2, we see that again down there in verse 19. Jesus comes back. All right, Joseph brings Jesus back, Mary and Jesus come back with Jesus, and they go into Nazareth. They come out of Egypt. And so as Jesus was God's one and only son, it was again true, out of Egypt I call my son. And so what we see here of, of Matthew saying here is that the, his, the historical event of Israel's exodus from Egypt You've watched the Ten Commandments, right? You've seen that. That historical event of the exodus of Israel from Egypt was planned by God. Think about that. That was planned by God to point forward to Jesus. So as God delivered Israel from the slavery of Egypt, now Jesus would deliver all mankind from the slavery of sin. That's why Jesus came, right? He came out. And in this picture, comes out of Egypt into Nazareth to provide him, and then provide the deliverance for, for, for all people to be delivered from the slavery of sin. And here's the thing. You can be confident in your faith in Jesus. Because you know he's my deliverer. He's my deliverer who has come to rescue you and me and all who receive him from the slavery and the bondage of sin. And so, folks, when life becomes weary in this coming year, I want you, I want you to be encouraged. I want you to be 
built up. I want you to walk in confidence. You know, the enemy wants to cause us to doubt. The enemy wants us to, to doubt whether, whether God's at work in this world, whether God is at work even in our own life. He wants to cause us to doubt. The enemy wants us to cause us to doubt the, even the very existence of God. But you can be confident. You can be confident in your faith in Jesus because what? First of all, he is fully God and fully human person, able to pay the debt of, of, of your and my sin and the sins of the world. Know this. Know you are forgiven if you have placed faith in Jesus Christ to be your Savior. You know, I would invite you, whether you're, you're listening online or you're here in person and you've never settled that aspect of your of your relationship with God? Have you come to that place where you, you, you put your trust in Him and acknowledge your, your need to be delivered, need to be delivered from sin, the sin that, that besets us, that sin that has uh, condemned us to eternity away from God? Have you come to that place? And I would invite you, if you haven't, to come to that place, admit that you're a sinner, believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died on that cross and confess with your mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord. In that moment, you enter into a relationship with this Savior that came at Christmas but came to die to, so that you might be delivered from sin. And I invite you to simply express in, in a simple uh, attitude, uh, 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 expression of your heart. Lord Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. I believe you died for me. Would you please? I now confess you as my Lord and Savior come into my life. If you haven't done that, please do so. Talk to one of us. We'd love to talk more with you. Because, see, that is, that's the thing. We walk in faith knowing we are forgiven. And then when the enemy wants to beat us down, he said, no, I am I'm a child of the, of the king of kings. And, and that's, that's the next thing I want you to think about. You know, you can have confidence in your, in your faith in Jesus Christ because he is king of kings and lord of lords of all mankind. And so you can choose to follow him. And I would encourage you to continue to choose to follow after your Savior day in, day, day out. This is yours, Lord. This day is yours. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to live for you as my king and Lord. And know that one day you're coming again. One day you're coming again in the fullness of your kingdom. And you will make all things good and right. But then lastly, you can be confident in your faith in Jesus. Because he's our deliverer. He's our deliverer who has come to rescue us from the slavery sin. And this is the thing I would leave. Live in that freedom. I think all the things that go on sometimes in our world that, that causes us wearies to become bogged down, to become really, I, I guess, in bondage to the ways and, and the things of this world. And, and, and that's not what 
God has called us to as believers, as followers of Jesus Christ. He's called us to live in freedom. And that comes as we, we, we continue to walk in faith with him, as we continue to pursue him, as we continue to claim his truth to transform our lives, as we continue to live his truth out in our lives. We can see that freedom, and as we confess our sins and, and rid ourselves of the past and walk anew in life. You know, the fact, the fact that Jesus fulfills so many prophecies, man, it strengthens us. And my desire for you is that you would be strengthened, strengthened in your faith because of who he is, Emmanuel, God with us, who was told of in the past, who would come to be our Savior and Lord. I like how the Apostle John summarizes his record of, of Jesus' life and ministry when he says in John 20, 31, and I would leave these words with you. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for truth that transforms. We thank you, Lord, that uh, you have given us the word of God so that we might know you. We thank you for the Lord this time of year when we can come and we can, we can gather and worship and praise, but also be reminded that you came as a child, but you came as a child with a purpose and a mission ultimately sent by your Father so that we might be um, delivered from our sin, be forgiven, have relationship with the eternal God, but that also, Lord, that one day you would set the course and the path where we might know that we, can have, we will have eternity with you, where we will worship you for all of eternity as our King and as our Lord. We give you praise, God, for that. Go with us this week. May we be encouraged by your spirit, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless, folks. I'm letting you out early. Are you... Are you excited about that? Yeah. You take care. Bye-bye.